If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm here today to talk to you about what we call cognitive distortions. It's just a fancy way of pretty much saying the tricks that your mind can play on you from time to time. I wanted to jump into these because I think that this is something that everyone struggles with. So everyone experiences them. You don't need to necessarily have a mental health concern or a diagnosis to experience these cognitive distortions or to be affected by them. So they happen to everyone. And I really wanted information that was related to everyone who's listening, but also easily digestible. And so what they are is essentially they're these irrational, illogical thought patterns or beliefs that skew our perception of reality. And they typically make us view things more negatively than what is rationally the case or what's rationally going on in the reality of the situation. And I wanted to, again, talk about it because I'm a therapist and, and I know what to necess- to look for when it comes to cognitive distortions, but some people may not. And I know it can be comforting to just kind of have a label for things sometimes to know, oh, wow, this is what I'm doing. This is actually a legitimate thing that people experience. And it's not just me. I'm not just crazy. So these patterns may be so habitual for you that you find it hard to kind of catch them in the moment. You may just feel like this is how your brain works or how you are. They are usually experienced as pretty automatic in nature, and sometimes people will say that they feel like they're really difficult to stop and that they'll just continue down this little rabbit hole of negativity and distorted thinking for a really long time. And these mind tricks are dirty and they're tricky because they can obviously lead us to viewing the world more negatively than it actually is in reality. They can negatively affect our mental health as well, and research actually shows that engaging in these cognitive distortions is associated, as you can probably imagine, with increases in stress and anxiety and depression too. So if these thinking patterns aren't acknowledged and addressed and attempted to be changed, then it's possible that you may become completely enveloped in this thought pattern, and it may actually impact how you make decisions, how you live your life, so on and so forth. So there are a lot of different cognitive distortions, and you may see some of them named different things online or from a therapist if that's something that you're going to. Um, I'm going to go over 10 that I think are really the most common. And because I want to go a little bit more in depth with each one and give you some examples and what to do instead, I'm going to make this a two-part episode. So 
this is just going to contain, this is just going to be part one. This is going to contain, I think, the first five that I think are really common that you can benefit from knowing more about. And then just make sure that you come back in the future for part two, where I will be going more in depth with a couple more cognitive distortions that aren't mentioned here. So again, these distortions can affect people in a way that make them feel anxious, depressed, or just generally stressed out. And so I want you to, as I'm listing these cognitive distortions, just kind of think about the way that your mind is probably playing these tricks on you and see if you can relate to any of them. So first one that we have here is what we call black and white thinking. This is when you tend to think of things in terms of all or nothing. It's also called all or nothing thinking for that reason. And it's when everything is just a matter of extremes and there's really no middle ground. So everything is either a total win or a complete failure. And you'll know that you're engaging in this when you hear or when you're using words like every and never and always. It's just very encapsulating of things being at either end of the good or bad spectrum. So an example of this would be that mistakenly believing that my son is either going to be in a really good mood when he gets home from daycare or he's going to be in a really bad mood when he comes home from daycare. When I do that, I'm only leaving myself with the idea that there are two options and two consequences or end results to be prepared for. And I'm not opening myself up to the idea that the more actual likely scenario is that he'll probably be somewhere in between. And this one is obviously dysfunctional because it's really doing you a disservice to assume that there are only really two possible solutions or two possible end games for a certain situation that you're in. So when you assume that everything is all or nothing or black and white, you're ignoring the potential for all of the gray area. You're ignoring for the potential for everything that's kind of in the middle. And so you're not able to kind of accept that what's actually going to happen is probably going to be somewhere in between those two ends of the spectrum. So in terms of challenging this, what I would encourage you to do for an alternative mindset is to just witness the thought and then ask yourself, like, what's the more realistic possibility here? Like, in these two extreme options, what are some things that are kind of in the middle? What's a more gray way or middle ground area that I could settle on that's not black, not white, and it's not all or nothing? The next one that we'll go over here is called should statements. So in the therapy world, this is when we joke with our our clients. And if you're anything like me, you'll say like, this is when you're shooting yourself or stop shooting yourself. Um, So this is when you make assumptions about how things should be or how they ought to be or how they must be. And because of that, you feel like it's really hard to accept things as they actually are, because you have this alternative belief about how they should be instead. So an example of this would be if you think that you should have done better on an exam or you should have gotten the job that you really wanted and that you interviewed for but didn't end up getting. And the problem here is that we just continue to kind of ruminate and think about what should have happened or what ought to have happened and our failures and how we didn't do instead of practicing acceptance and active problem solving. So when you're struggling with should statements, what I would encourage you to do is challenge this idea of what you think should have happened and try to encourage yourself to reframe it as far as, you know, how can I work on just accepting what did actually happen? Practicing that radical acceptance that I've referenced in previous episodes um, and just working towards that acceptance and, and kind of being able to move forward.
Another one that we tend to give into from time to time, myself definitely included, is called mind reading. So this is when we make assumptions about what someone else is thinking based on our own perceptions of the situation. So again, our own perceptions of the situation could be really skewed and unobjective. So there's a quote somewhere about how like there's three sides to every story. So my story, your story, and then what actually happened. (laughs) So We basically assume that we know what another person is feeling or thinking, and we usually predict that it has something to do with us in a way that makes us feel really negative about ourselves or the situation. An example of this is if you smile at someone or say hi to them and they don't respond to you, you may automatically think like, they must be mad at me for some reason. Um, That's they, They must be mad at me. I did something. They must be be pissed off. And in reality, there are a ton of different possible explanations for that behavior of them not responding to you, right? Like they could be mad at you. We don't know that necessarily, but they could also have just not heard you. They could have been distracted and a ton of other possible scenarios, right? So, and as long as we engage in the mind reading, we're not opening ourselves to the alternate possibilities. The fourth one here is personalization. So this is when you feel totally responsible for something that isn't actually in your control. So this will lead you to feel really negative or guilty or maybe even shameful or inadequate when it comes to a certain situation. And it unfortunately happens a lot with kiddos. So for instance, children may think, if only I got along better with my sibling, maybe my parents wouldn't have gotten a divorce. They fight so much because I'm a bad kid. And as long as we engage in this personalization, we're continuing to just feel negative about ourselves instead of, again, practicing radical acceptance that some things are just entirely out of our control and they're entirely out of our control. They have nothing to do with us whatsoever. So we're assuming responsibility for someone else a lot of the time when actually what we need to understand and realize is that the only person we're responsible for is ultimately ourselves and that's it. So when it comes to this, when you catch yourself doing personalization, what I would encourage you to do is just ask yourself really how much of this am I actually in control of and what responsibility does the other person or the other people play in this situation that I can't control myself. The fifth one here that I will talk about and the last one that I'll talk about for this podcast episode is called fortune telling. So this is when we try to predict into the future and make automatic assumptions that things will turn out in a negative way. So for instance, we look ahead into a job interview or an upcoming therapy session or maybe an exposure in therapy or a date with someone, and we automatically assume that it's just going to be horrible, that you're not going to be able to handle it, that everything is going to be awful. And so obviously this is problematic because our predictions of the event will undoubtedly have an effect on how we behave during the actual event. And sure enough, our behaviors and our our energy will be negative because we are carrying that negative prediction around with us. So we're going to carry that negative assumption with us all through the interview, all through the day, whatever it is. And we're not going to be able to be our true, authentic, chill selves. We're going to have this negative energy that kind of it exudes the thought that we feel like it's going to go horribly and therefore it probably is going to be horrible. And it's not going to be horrible because of that's how it was supposed to happen. It's going to be horrible because we made it happen. So 
I want to say that hopefully those sound familiar to a lot of you, but I don't want that to have sounded familiar to a lot of you because obviously I would love for us to be thinking rationally and be thinking realistically and all of that. But I, I do know that that probably does sound familiar to a good portion of you listening. So you may engage in a lot of these cognitive distortions at once with a particular situation. So you definitely could engage in mind reading and fortune telling at the same time. You may bounce back and forth between a few, and it's possible that you may rely on one quite a bit more than the others. And the good news is that now that we know better, we can do better. So these patterns can be changed through a process of what's called cognitive restructuring. It's an intervention that is used in cognitive therapy, and it involves a systematic readjusting or reorganizing of our thought processes in a way that's just making things a little bit more logical, realistic, objective, and usually consequently just more positive in nature. And so it's going to have really positive effects as far as our mood goes, as far as our anxiety goes, and just how we are dealing with stress on a day-to-day basis. And the thing with distortions is that we tend to believe in them so strongly, they tend to feel so real. But in reality, if you look more objectively and more closely, there's not much evidence to them. So there's not much there that a third-party perspective could really argue. Um, The trick is to not just take the thoughts at face value, but rather evaluate them a little bit more rationally. Um, Take a deep breath when you're experiencing these and just ask yourself if there are other parts of the situation that you may be closed off to mentally and that you may not be considering because you're just so worked up and involved in the moment. What cognitive restructuring is going to do is essentially have you go through a process of challenging these negative and automatic thoughts. So if you're engaging in cognitive restructuring, either by yourself or with a therapist, you may be asked to examine both sides of the thoughts. So you may be asked to identify evidence in favor of your negative thought and also identifying evidence in favor against your negative thought. So that's right. So you may actually be asked to come up with all the support you possibly can come up with in favor of your negative thought. But then you get to go to the other side where you'll identify all of the evidence against your negative thought. So when you kind of amp up or beef up both sides of those arguments, what you'll do is you'll evaluate both of those sides and try to come to a more natural, objective, or balanced thought or realization after you've kind of considered the entirety of the situation. So once you identify a realistic thought, a more plausible thought that likely isn't totally positive, but isn't totally negative either, you will reevaluate kind of how you feel in that moment, um, the believability of the original negative automatic thought, so on and so forth. And usually at the end of these activities, people find that they feel better um, after this restructuring and that overall they have less belief in the initial negative thought that they had in the first place, which is awesome. So now, if you feel like these cognitive distortions are something that really have caused you a significant amount of stress to the extent that you'd like to get some more help for it, I always recommend finding a qualified therapist if you feel like you need to take that next step. A therapist who is knowledgeable about these interventions is going to be able to help you transform your thought processes in such a way that you'll feel more empowered, more rational, and overall just more uplifted in your everyday life. And they'll be able to personalize the cognitive restructuring for exactly what it is that you're struggling with. So they'll be able to take you through 
the more structured assignments and potentially worksheets, potentially homework um, and discussions about how all of this works. And it can be really life changing for people who need it and who have a hard time breaking those thought patterns on their own. So again, I definitely recommend finding a qualified therapist in your area if therapy is something you feel would be beneficial for you. And I think the first step with a lot of this stuff is just knowing first and foremost that it's problematic. So like I referenced earlier, it's helpful sometimes just to have a label, just to know that this isn't a thought that only you have or a tendency that only you have. So I do feel, I hope that some of you have felt some relief just in knowing some of these things. And then second, it's helpful to know that other people go through it too. And then finally, I think that it's helpful hopefully to know how to address it in the moment and maybe some alternative thought processes that you could start to challenge yourself with right now in the moment. So with that, um, just be sure to stay tuned. Like I said, there's there's going to be a part two of this episode where I'll be talking about five additional cognitive distortions that are also really common and really problematic. So until then, head to my website for more information. That's jennaoverbaugh.com. You can sign up for my newsletter to make sure that you're receiving all the news and updates. Be sure also to share my podcast with someone you love and care about. It would mean the world to me. And like I've mentioned a bunch of times so far, everyone experiences these things. So they will definitely find some relief in these words and they'll hopefully feel like it's been helpful for them. So if you could please follow or subscribe to my podcast and also rate it if you have a chance, that would be amazing. And just check me out on Instagram. I'm at jenna.overbaugh and I'm also on Facebook. Thank you guys again for tuning in. And until we get to part two of this discussion, keep doing all the hard things.